What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Go. And I am your friendly neighborhood cartel, always and forever. Always with the shades. Love it. There's nothing underneath. Like, it's like, they're just these two black holes. Like Gambit? It's quite disturbing. I think it was more like Cyclops, no? Was it? I, I swear Gambit didn't have eyes either. It's uh, probably a lot of characters with no eyes. I'm one of them. And it's just it's this, you know, vacuous hole that will suck in anyone around me. So I got to, this is responsible. Shades yeah. wearing. It uh, kind of sounds like everybody outside honking their horn, hones, hones, honking their horns for the Euro Cup. It's like this, like, vacuous black hole that somehow by the end of it sucks everybody inside and it's gonna be an alcoholic I... black hole uh, pretty soon there brendan uh, if you closer you get to little italy yeah no kidding so uh... um quick recap italy has just won the euro cup against england in the finals it was a nail biter penalty shots i n- i hate the fact that major tr- major trophies get decided by penalty shots but i mean at some point I, you, you gotta stop playing like they played for it two was, hours it was the type of event that was really i mean it was really exciting it uh you know i was watching through the lens of someone who's not i, I don't know anything about soccer yeah i don't know what's going on there they're running around yeah yeah referee blows a whistle they're drinking some gatorade they're running around i don't know what's going on it's like uh you know it's like all these people that tuned into the ufc last night that didn't know what was going on but uh for a second there brendan it was like i was like you know what I might become a soccer fan. This is pretty exciting. But then I had like a drink and looked some stuff up on the internet and the feeling passed. Yeah. But still pretty exciting stuff, man. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously tuning in for the final is what most people do and that's cool. Um, And you talk about the, you know, competition it's on that level. It it is kind of crummy that it comes down to the, the, the free shots, like you mentioned, but um, I would argue that, you know, for a lot of these sporting organizations, I mean, this, this is probably a bit of a slam dunk because you had people tuned in on the edge of their seats, right? The casual fans were like, wow, this is sudden death and it's really yeah. cool. I mean, obviously from a competitive standpoint, since you're a big fan, you'd prefer to see something pure there, but, you know, as opposed to, and we'll get to it later, what happened in the UFC last night, I think is disastrous for the look of the sport and, you know, the, the next day chatter is a lot is going to be a lot better for soccer. Yeah, I guess you know what that actually makes great. perfect sense, especially in relation to what happened in the UFC yesterday. And like like you said, we'll jump into that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know, as someone who genuinely appreciates the game, like I, I and and how hard it is to get to this point, especially for a team like England, who my heart goes out to, honestly. Like they haven't won a championship of any kind since I believe it was 66, which was their only, it was a world cup, albeit. So it's a little bit better than a Euro cup. It's like a Maple Leafs dry spell. It is. I mean, I would say that they are this almost the same uh, with respect to, they are the Maple Leafs of soccer and das Maple Leafs. And the reason why I'll say that is because, the Maple been, Leafs, us been, being Maple Leaf fans, every year we think that we've got a shot or we think we've got the shot or, or you know, like we're hyped up by media. We, 
we have really good individual players and sometimes they, they have great plays together. But when it comes down to the sometimes moment, they win three games out of four. In a when it seven. comes down to the moment, I, it, they just fall just short. And it's like not even this decade of Leafs or this decade of, of the England national team, but several decades. So like I feel for, for them because I mean, you almost lose hope at some point, man. And I mean, I can't imagine being a Leaf fan and getting to the Stanley Cup final and then losing in like something like a penalty shootout or even like by a like a an OT winner even. Like, I think that's what they're ultimately preparing for. Maybe uh, like maybe next year we'll get that. That is the worst possible way you can lose, I think. Yeah. That well, they, is. And that's what they want to treat us to. Um as far as like soccer goes, would you, is this now like the first, would you say this is phase one of what everyone's been waiting for as far as the soccer hobby goes? Every, because if you're a casual person on IG checking out the chatter, you're like, like, like I am when it comes to soccer cards, you keep hearing references to these big things coming up. So was this, was the Euro phase one? Dude, that is an unbelievable question. That's an unbelievable question to ask me. And it gets me excited that you just I'm an unbelievable guy, man. It it actually makes me excited answering this question. So I do make people excited. This would probably be the first major tournament, not including the Champions League final, which people were already talking about, but the everyday person wasn't, if that makes sense. Like the everyday person who knows a little bit about football slash soccer might have been talking about the Champions League final. And then right after the Champions League final, we had like two or three weeks before we went right into the Euro. So we've got a lot of momentum in, in, the, in the soccer card uh, market right now. And not only that, but this year was the first year where there were a plethora of soccer card products like there was yeah. uh panini euro mosaic there was la liga mosaic there was Serie A mosaic chronicles like there are some staples every year that get released and you know sometimes i mean two or three years ago they were on the shelves for months and now they're bought up like this but there were just so many different releases and i had never seen this before in soccer whereas last year i was looking for product and the only thing that i could get my hands on were like these like panini adrenaline which was meant to be like a card game like it was like a like a game with the players on them and each yeah, of those and they each the, had like LCS. plus 80 attack or you know what i mean like it was like uh yeah. it was it was meant to be played with like some some form of dice or some shit but those are collectible now not really, they're not, okay. but I'll make that, that, that's what you could find last year. Whereas this year, it's readily available. So it's really good for the average person wanting to get into soccer. Like there's now retail Topps Chrome Champions League, which has never happened before. And it kind of makes me a little bit envious because I see people from the States where they have, you know, crazy LCSs and they have Walmarts that are fully stocked and targets and, yeah, if, if I'm heading out there, Brendan, I'm giving you the warning right now. I probably am going to be on the lookout Bro, for some please, soccer. It'll be, most, it'll be most accessible and affordable in the States. Please. Um, They're $20 a box, and I've seen people pull, like, $1,000 cards. And, I mean, like, imagine well, being a I kid. Feel like, I always feel like you get, like, um, 
beginner's luck. Like whenever I open a product that, that I have no idea about, yeah. it's like you'd be watching over and I'd be like, whoa, is this green autograph any good? And you'd be like, oh man, that's La Bamba. So it's really you know? good for the people who are just getting in and they're pulling like massive cards. And now all of a sudden they PC like one of the best prospects we've ever seen. We've seen in the last 10 years. You well, know? I just so like, want to pull La Bamba or so I'm, I'm seeing this a so lot. I'm being silly. <laughs> no, that's okay. So there's a, uh, yeah, there's a lot of hype next year is the world cup. And uh, I think it's just going to keep like snowballing. I mean, we so have, the, is there what, what's in between what we just saw and the world cup? Are there so typically there's a two year hiatus typically oh, but, like, but in like, that hiatus. Okay. So this really is kind of like phase one and then you got to wait, but, well, so, but there are, so there's league, there's league play, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So it's just a matter okay. of like, if the people who just got into football card collecting or watching, if that then translates to watching them in, so the leagues start up at least the English premier league, which is the biggest league in the world starts up August 14th. So we have about a month break and then we're into the league until May. And then it goes like basically right into the world cup again. So like football happens constantly, um, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's just some of the things I'm seeing in the market are, are incredibly interesting. Like I'm, I'm seeing a lot. I saw a 19 year old rookies super fractor sell for 15,000 or $12,000 us, which I mean, that's like MLB levels. You know what I mean? Like that's like an MLB Bowman first Chrome selling yep. for like a one-on-one super fractor selling for $12,000 of a 19 year old. And so that layer of prospecting I'm really seeing this year. And it's, it's, it's making me super excited to be honest. That's good stuff. And isn't it interesting that, um, you know, you've got Panini making product for these two year round sports that don't really have, I mean, there are seasons in league play, right. But, uh, it, you, there's always there's always some soccer being played right yeah and so there's always some fight going on it's really weird looking back i mean you gotta like do, do you think do, does upper deck even make a go at it to try to get some of these licenses part of me feels like they don't even want to make sports cards so i, I just upper have deck, some of some of the most notable card like there's a ronaldo upper deck card from oh three right. they, they used to have that's like twenty thousand dollars in a psa 10 bro sure yeah they used to have soccer licenses yeah um, they used to have basketball but nowadays i just wonder do they even try like why would you not go for the ufc it was it was really a good time to do it um but uh yeah it's i mean they don't they don't even really they don't even really do hockey well to be honest like if we're yeah, being I mean, tired if we're being honest like their customer I, service is good, but like yeah, I've had nothing but good experiences with Upper Deck, so I don't want to talk too much. Snack no, no, on. I know. Yeah, it, the, the, but that's why I'm saying it doesn't even seem like they want to make sports cards. They're not doing great with the hockey license. Everybody crapped on the new design that was unveiled for uh, 21, 20, man, 21, 22 sounds so, so weird. So weird. I am going to jump out the window. Um, <laughs> 21, 22 got crapped on already. Um, God knows what, you know how they have Easter eggs a lot now, which is cool. Upper deck throws in these Easter eggs. Yeah. You know what the real Easter egg is, is like, what is the damage going to be? What is yes. like the stupid manufacturing issue going to be next year? That's the Easter egg. They should have a competition on, on the upper deck uh, page on IG. What you do is very simple. Tag a friend and then make a prediction. What will be the manufacturing problem with 21, 22 series one? 
And the winner will receive um, like a, a, an engineering designation where you get to be a consultant Hilarious. On, on, the, on the manufacturing. I love it. I think it's called like ISO 2000 or something. Like you get a free certification. <laughs> Upper Deck, I'm here for you. I'm, you know, I'm available for marketing. So you let me know. But uh, Panini, back to Panini, back to another company that definitely never produces cards that come out of packs with all sorts of printing errors that drive you up the wall. <laughs> that Brendan pulls a $1,000 card, turns it around. 2500 bro. It. There's, by the way, there's now washers. Did you see this video? There are washers falling out of packs of tops. What? No. Guy, really? guy opened a pack of top series two on a live break and a washer fell out, like a screw washer. You know, like that comes with your yeah, IKEA yeah, 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 yeah. furniture. Can you like stop? Let's stop for a second. Think about this. You're opening a pack of cards and a metal washer fellow. Maybe, just maybe. You ready for this? <laughs> maybe it's a relic card of David Ayers. Yes. <laughs> it, could be, it could be a refrigerator relic card. It it's, could from be, the, uh, it's from the Zamboni, man. That's, I like that. Man, they why they should have had some Zamboni relics, like legitimately. But so, man, we're full of ideas for Upper Deck today. By the way, we're ready to go. Let's at them so they see. <laughs> um, so yeah, I you know, so you're getting pieces of metal in your pack. Anyways, Panini, good old Panini. Uh, Select UFC is on the way. Uh, in in the footsteps of Prism. Two weeks, so two weeks I think. Yeah, and uh, there's going to be. Huge pricing, I'm pretty sure. I was not able on a hobby level to get any of that product. Uh, our friend MSG Collectibles uh, hooked me up with a, a blaster, but that, that, was, that was it. And I, I'm a huge UFC fan, um, but I just didn't see those prices being justifiable. I went in on a bunch of singles. There's a great rookie class in the Prism set. I went in on singles. I, that's the way to go. There was a, a very, very early um, run on silver rookie cards that were going for very cheap. Uh, they're already starting to come up, but um, yeah, that's the thing with the UFC. That's the thing with soccer UFC, not traditional seasons, right? So it's, I've always said, that's why it's tricky. Yeah. Um, you have this window when a fighter is fighting, you always see it every time when I'm looking at, at, at UFC cards on eBay, people try to time it to the end of the fight. You never know what's going to happen because there's only two results yeah. that each fighter can have. Uh, so, you know, the, the best example I can give you right now is while, Poirier price is probably tripled the first victory. Absolutely nothing going on with this second victory. In fact, someone listed one earlier this morning. I was tempted to buy it. Um, but the, the autograph rookie, his Dude, finest autograph I actually rookie. Have a, I actually have a cool story that kind of ties into this. With respect but I'll just to let time, you know, it, it sold for around 150 US, which is half less than half of what it was going for when he won the, the second of the three fights. Uh, so very little reaction, yeah. obviously strange circumstance that people are confused about. I do want to get into that a bit. What, what were you about to mention? So I was just going to bring up a story that I found pretty interesting. So a while back, remember I told you I sold an, an HGA slab. It was a, it was a 9.5 of a prominent soccer player. His name is yes. Mason Mount. And I was having difficulty moving it. It was a refractor out of 150. I thought the card, I mean, in a PSA, in a PSA 10, that card was selling for like $900, like $800. Mm -hmm. And all of the offers I was getting was like 250, 300. Finally, a guy offered me $450. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it. And I reinvest that money into something else. Um, and 
the reason why this is funny is because this guy bought my card and the reason why I know it, he then listed it a week, a week before the England final. So probably like six weeks in between me, me selling it and and him buying it and then selling it. Right. And I almost bought it back from him yesterday for $300 less than I sold it for. And the reason why I think that is a thing. I know, I know. And I I was like, I was like, what do you think he'd be pissed? You know, like, what do you, what do you then be like, cancel the bid if you saw that he was shipping it back to the person who shipped it to him? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, he would do it. uh, You know, he'd still sell it. Uh, I'm no. sure you feel weird about it. That's, that's just a part of the game, man. No, I know. Um, but the, no. I, again, it wasn't a gloat. It was more so that like, it's almost better to, to time the anticipation than the result. That's kind of what yeah. I wanted to go full circle with. Like, it seems like in this market, like things don't really react to things happening. If that makes any sense. It's more so like the anticipation that people react to. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, like I was saying with, well, it, it, my similar situation was, was I, I sold the only, uh, P, well, no, it's not the only anymore. There's several PSA nine, uh, Poirier autographs. Um, the guy who bought it for me, I, I noticed he listed it last night. It, it actually sold. Apparently you can never really know. Uh, yeah. but it says that it sold and he made $400 on it. Um, which is great. Uh, if he's a fast flipper, that's, yeah. that's great. But you would think, you know, my reasoning there was simply that I, I wanted to redistribute and this was a card that was pack pulled that I graded. Well, that's what I mean. Um, like you, you and, really and no didn't have much invested near. in it, like financially, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and the amount that I sold it for, but kind of unheard of for yeah. his autograph yeah. rookie. So if this guy made, made his 400 bucks, that's great. But it's really funny to think that this card barely touches a thousand us and what people have been paying for McGregor. And we'll probably continue to pay for, which I've been talking about this for a long time. I might be salty because I, I moved my McGregor stuff way too early. Uh, there was a McGregor that went for, I think, 20K plus recently and mind boggling to me. I, I get the cultural relevance. I get the achievement, particularly when he defeated Eddie Alvarez to become the two division champion. That's pretty much when he peaked. But I'll tell you what, it ended up being a really short peak. Um, I think there's far greater achievements in combat sports that we've seen from guys that actually had a long record of being on top of the game, unlike this Conor McGregor situation. And by the way, in terms of being a human being, the guy is absolute garbage. And he proved that last night, you know, in, in his, you know, whatever you want to call it, even if you want to deny that it's defeat and, and say that it, it was yeah, uh, whatever, unfortunate yeah. circumstance yeah, yeah. and he took the technical loss. Um, to call his opponent's wife a hoe. Uh, look, at this point, like if you're still a Connor fan, you know, I, I get it on the baseline dumbass jock level because you, we all have that part of our, that lizard brain, as I've referred to, where we enjoy that kind of stuff. But you might want to check in with yourself. If you truly actually like him on the level of being an athlete and a competitor and a human being, you got to check in. The, the problem might lie with, with you because I don't know how much more you need. I was a Connor fan back in the day. He was brash. He was exciting. And you looked forward to the fights and it was a big deal. You get together with your, with your pals and it's, and it was a big deal. But these last, this last fight, it, it reminded me of the Aldo fight. It reminded of me, uh, uh, reminded me of him at his worst. 
And it's just disgusting. It's it's like sexism. It's like making fun of religion and nationality. Uh, Low hanging fruit, calling Poirier a hillbilly. And Poirier's just like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what? What is this? And and to get carted off on a stretcher when you spent the entire week threatening a guy that you were going to be sending him home on a stretcher. I don't. I'm not celebrating injury. I've had big problems with people like people who celebrated Tatis's injury on Instagram, like go screw yourself. Crazy. I'm not celebrating this injury. I'm just saying like, this is just more on the pile and let's not forget. It's like Dana White said, all we're going to remember is this, this horrible ankle ankle injury. He's getting his ass handed to him right before that. Yeah. Okay. He, he had nothing for, for, for Dustin. There was a quick uh, guillotine attempt. The guillotine. Yeah. He had nothing else for him. He was getting elbows landed left and right. The guy was a, a bloody mess his ear exploded uh which often happens with cauliflower ears and uh to it just was such a bad image you're you're sitting there on your ass injured and you just got to take it while dustin poria tries to explain to casual fans that and you're just yelling into a microphone like and he's just screaming and yelling um and by the way and brendan you know this as an athlete like okay we and this is another big discussion because there's so many injuries in baseball what the hell is going on like again i gotta be careful here because it's like we respect these guys what they're doing is not easy day in day out you're performing athletic feats but lateral movement um back and forth uh generally you know overall health performance fitness i mean that acuna catch was like or attempted catch was incredible incredibly like he was just like very off balance like it was awkward right and he he landed like just so awkwardly so like it wasn't like one of those like weird little tweaks where you're like oh man here we go you know what i mean like how did you get hurt from that like it was very visible that like once he and he has a full a full tear of his acl i think or his mcl it was a full tear and we're seeing all these awkward landings and awkward foot positions it's messed up it's i mean we're just I'm just taking note that it's happening more than ever. Um, Connor is coming back on a kick. I mean, the closest thing w- would equate to was the Weidman Hall match where it's because a, a, a kick got checked. In this case, he threw a kick. I, I don't think it landed. And then when he recoiled, like a supreme athlete, this doesn't happen all the time. So I tend to believe Dustin when he says, that he checked a kick and he felt it like, you know, he's the guy in there with the other guy. And he said he felt something. He felt like a fracture. So I, I, I really want to actually go back. I haven't been able to see like replays. Obviously Connor was attacking the leg much like Dustin did. Yeah. Previous fight. He landed a few, by the way, he wasn't looking horrible, but you know, they'll tell you the, the old Connor would have had business in check by the first, by the end of the first minute of the round. Um, by the, by the end of the first minute, of, of that round, Poirier was advancing on him. They, they got into that situation in the corner. And when Dustin got on top, it was, it was game over. And it probably, the rest of that fight would not have gone very well for, for McGregor. So um, all bad optics, bad for the sport, because now you just have a bunch of people heading back from the bar and they're just like, what just, what just happened? Yeah. And, and, like, keep... and no one, and no one has any closure. You know what I mean? Like, no as... There's not a lot of respect for the performance Dustin put in. The guy trained really hard for months and like laid into it for five minutes. Well, imagine the person spending $75 to watch this like hyped up, like highly anticipated, like 
Connor's been talking nonstop shit. And then all of a sudden it's over in like six minutes and not just over in six minutes, but it's like over because of a technicality. Right. And, and they're seeing a lot of these situations where legs are getting broken and uh, ankles are getting rolled. uh, So, you know, off the top of my head, Sugar Sean, uh, Chris Weidman. um, We saw there was another fighter in a recent uh, fight card whose ankle uh, got really messed up and he couldn't stand on it. So yeah, the way my brain works is I'm just always questioning these things. I know compartment syndrome started becoming a thing in hockey. And I noticed more hockey players training in the CrossFit Olympic lifting mode. That made me think, again, as a coach and someone in health and fitness, um, how casual some people are about certain types of training that are very intense. And the concept of training, right, is you're training for the events so that when the event comes, you're ready. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. My concern these days with sports training is they're doing damage to themselves. And it express when when you're supposed to express your peak result from the training in the event, you're actually going to express damage and injury. Does that kind of, does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Controversial on being here, but it makes sense. But I, it's just a feeling I've had the last few years because you start to see, and I don't want to pick on him because I, I, I love this guy, Jack Eichel, and I love the way he trains. And I guess I get enamored when I see like when, I, when, I, when, a, when a, a, guy, a young guy is pulling off big numbers and his frame is like, I've always admired, there was that Italian guy who was like 125 pounds who could bench like three or four plates, something un- unreal. Right. I respect that kind of ability. Um, I, I, I kind of, um, I lock into that kind of thing. As you know, with me, it was always about how much do I weigh and how much am I deadlifting? Yeah. And I'm not a traditional powerlifting body. So it makes me even prouder. Um, so I saw Eichel's amazing lifting feats, but now I'm hearing about all these back and neck problems and I can't help but wonder, right? Because it's one thing if you're doing it, are you, are you doing it properly, like the best way possible? Are you being coached the best way possible? Well, this is like, this Good is kind of that. like one of the things that I had to start thinking about when I first started doing online training, for instance, because I mean, like where we worked, it was like embedded in our brains where it was like compound movements, compound movements, compound movements. And that's good. But it was all like barbell work, barbell work, barbell work, barbell work. And like, not everybody should be using a barbell. You know what I mean? Like not everybody needs to use a barbell. Like, well, it's that I agree with. It's right. It's not, and, it's not the should it's, they don't necessarily need to, it's not a requirement. It's a great thing, but it's, I think I'm hoping what you're getting at Brendan is the fact that if, if that's the way it is across the board, it, it's is just there about a system the goals. where we know it's, that it's being, is it being implemented properly? Yeah. Well, my, I mean, my, yeah, what I was saying or what I was eventually getting to is just like, like you, everyone, I, I just feel like a lot of trainers is just like very Mickey Mouse in their programming. Like, and I'm not disrespecting any of those, any of the, like any trainers that any, that train. No, there's know, some you should be disrespecting. But I, you know, like sometimes you kind of just like get thrown into that position and you're like all of a sudden coaching this great team. And like, maybe you're really good at making them work hard, but like maybe they're not doing enough mobility stuff. And like, maybe the mobility stuff is actually even more critical than them benching heavy weight and feeling like they're they're strong you know what i mean because like ultimately 
when they're in a compromised position is when like, you know, for sure how strong someone really is. And it's not necessarily about like being more brute, but like you, you don't want to go down the way that Connor did. Like it was, it it looked like a phantom injury. You know what I mean? It looked like he just randomly broke his leg. And again, like we don't know what happened over the course of the fight, but like he literally stepped back and it just looked like he broke his leg. And I'm like that, I can understand if you kick somebody and like you see the break. I don't know. I don't know if we're just, we just wanted to see closure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but I, I do mean, agree. I do agree that, I mean, some of the training principles are off. Like look at Steven Samkos when he was training, you know, with, uh, was it Gary Roberts and he kept getting yes. blood clots in his shoulders. Right. Like, yeah. And, and I think Andre Vasilevsky did too. Yeah. New years. And he also trained with them and they trained similarly. So yeah, without getting into starting to criticize, um, you know, certain, certain techniques and stuff. It's just, we're just upset know, it's, about it's, the injuries. It's something, it's something I'm noticing. It's something real. Again, in the case of Connor, uh, it may very well be, it was, it was already damaged during the fight. Yeah. There were some people there. Look, there's a lot of chatter. There's people saying that he was walking around before the fight uh, with somewhat of an injury. So it was kind of like leading to it no matter what yeah. kind of thing. But uh, again, just getting past all that, like calling someone's wife a hoe while you're on the, on the mat sitting there, pathetic, and that's all you've got is you're going to call someone's wife a hoe. And it's awesome. She got her comeuppance. There's a beautiful picture out there of her giving him the finger while, as, as they're leaving to celebrate their victory and the world title shot that Poirier is going to get while Connor sits there and throws out random insults. So it's a bit of a, a bit of um, a bit of a uh, cautionary tale there. For I mean, I feel like this weekend is uh, it's been a lot for like like big names in big sports. Like, I mean, we we touched upon Acuna and like yeah, he's a, he's a he's a big loss. Like he's a big loss to baseball. He's a big loss yeah. to the sports card market. Like. I mean, you and I were talking before about like the pop counts, you know, uh, literally last week, the pop counts of the US 250 and, you know, like what happens with that and other high pop cards. Uh, And I mean, we're sitting here now, like, I can't even tell you how many Instagram stories I saw of people being like buying Acuna, buying Acuna, buying Acuna, buying Acuna, you know, so. Yeah. um, You know, well, the one thing hobby, hobby wise, you know, uh, a guy like that, we all you got to do is think of Otani. There, there was a period of time with with his accumulation of injuries, people had written him off. And by the way, it, it is a real thing. It gets to the point where there's too many injuries, so nothing is guaranteed. But of course, as we know, nothing is guaranteed in life, sport, or the hobby. I agree. But um, I've been buying Lou Bob. I'm not giving up hope on that young man. I've been buying Eloy. I know a lot of people have actually. Uh, people bought in on Jordan while he was gone. Yeah, um, you were one of them. That's a thing. So buy in on Acuna. I personally, look, the other thing is, okay, torn ACL is, it's pretty bad. Um, but guess what? You know, what's pretty good. The healthcare access that these guys have, I know. they have the best people for, you know, sticking a scope into your knee and messing around and helping you out. Um, they're going to have the best rehab and they'll be back. The, the, he's these 20, days, he's like, also I, 22 years old, right? Yeah, so like, it's I, not like this is happening to like a guy in his mid-30s. Like his yeah. recovery 
and he's a pro athlete and he's, you know, if you look at him, he's in reason, he's in really good shape. Like he, he looks like he's got good genetics to him as well. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know what he looks like structurally, but like, hey, this is a, a guy who could easily bounce back easily and then some, and finally get his 40, 40 crown. But I, it is again, quite frustrating to just like not be able to see something that you almost th- thought was imminent. Yeah, we're going to see if we can work on getting you a structural picture of Acuna, by the way. Yeah, his, but, of his, uh, uh, I'm like... curious. <laughs> I'm curious, too. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, the guy will be back with bionic knees, and he might be better than ever. I mean, that that is a real thing. Uh, like, look, man, people are running around chopped up. Otani's arm is chopped up, right? I mean, did, did he, again, I'm showing my lack of baseball knowledge here, but did he actually have Tommy John surgery? I'm fairly certain he did. If I'm so, I mean, he's chopped up. All these guys are chopped up, but they're but they can still go out there and perform. And that segue into so- Otani. Yeah. My goodness, beautiful. Oh, <laughs> and you know why it was beautiful? Because I honestly think I mean, there's no honestly thinking to it, but like if we look at what this man has done this season, okay. And again, this is a small sample size, but it's a big sample size with respect to like baseball in general. Yes. He, he is being compared to Babe Ruth. And it's because so much more about Babe Ruth these days. It's because he hits bombs. He leads the league in home runs. He steals bases. I think he has 20 or no, I lied. He's got less than that, but I don't think he has 20. No, no, no. He's got, he's got, I think he's got like anywhere between eight and 10. Okay. Don't, don't quote me there. I should know this because he's on my fantasy team, but he's fast. He's a fast guy. He is a fast guy. And he is, his ERA is like in the threes. And I believe he's like seven and three or something or seven and one or something along those lines, four and one. Uh, here I am. But anyway, he is playing incredible baseball and he has the most home runs ever by a Japanese born player already in a season, if I'm not mistaken. Beat Matsui? Yep. He has 34 home runs and I think Matsui had like 32. And again, like if we're dropping stats here, I'm pretty and close. If, if he continues at this pace, uh, we're, we're witnessing something pretty special, special enough that a card that was once $50 is now over is, is close to what? 2000 Canadian or something at this point, his Bowman Chrome PSA 10. Uh, as far as these, the analysis of Otani cards, uh, you know, Rocky mountain baseball cards, <laughs> always Check him out. Um, but they're 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 obviously everything's through the roof. Did you see the Father's Day blue he got? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And and by the way, a lot and that's you know when we talk about quote unquote fractional ownership, sometimes it's just you and your buddies yeah. own something, yeah. which is something that people are doing more and more, uh, which I think is a, a great idea. Um, great. I mean, people are just. They're buying Otani the same today as they were two weeks ago, as they were a month ago, thinking that this is just going to keep going. And there are these guys on Instagram. My God, you want me to pat you on the back because you told people to buy here? Get a life. What about yes? What about last year? What were you saying last life year? And, and pick something that no one else is talking about and take a shot in the dark. Because, you know, if you're out there trying to sell, sell, your, sell yourself as this unreal consultant who's going to help people make money night and day pick something no one else is picking let's see you take an actual 
risk or take a shot instead of telling me that the card that has gone up from 100 to 250 i should buy it because you think it's going to be 450 two weeks from now everyone knew it was going to be 450 yeah i know two weeks from now what are you what are you doing what, what are you talking about you know um, like he, he hits six home runs at the beginning of the season you're like okay i i here's a buy order for otani yeah i and, and you're the one you yeah. are the visionary who Literally a month ago, when everyone else, you are the visionary who knew that. Uh, no, that being said, right now, I like that it. being said, cartel, why the hell were you not buying more? Oh, that's legitimate as well. Cartel, but, is this uh, is this the same person that does the life flexes? I need to know. Uh, this guy doesn't do life flexes. Okay, he's at okay. least got that going. For him. Okay, he's got he's got that going for him. Um, that said, um, there's an interesting intersection going on with Otani. Because, and this relates back to what I was saying about the fact that I'm, I'm not stupid and I'm sure you aren't either. I mean, did you not, why were you not buying PSA 10 Otani Chromes four weeks ago, Brendan? Did you feel that it was peaking? Uh, no, I just, I, it, I, it was out of my price range, you know? I was just like, you oh, know, like. So, okay, so I, I'm talking about back when PWCC was blowing them out for $185 a piece. Those were the tops Chromes. You know me, I just at, don't. At I don't night. That night I got one, but I was thinking of getting six. So I'm trying to ask myself, why didn't I get six of them when he was already playing well? And I'm trying to explain that what there was an intersection of all these different conversations going on right now. Pop report, Chrome versus paper. Now with Otani, you've got batting versus pitching images. Um, You have the conversation about the fact that he never had a Bowman first. There are so many intersectional things. So this you're watching the market. You're trying to use logic. You're saying to yourself, Acuna is playing well. Tatis is playing well. Certain paper and Chrome rookies are not doing well. So I'm not going to go all in on Otani, even though he's, he's, he's on his way to something special. We, we knew this a month ago. Yeah. It, it didn't take two weeks ago. I knew you and I knew this a month ago, but there was this resistance mentally because you're saying to yourself, that's not, that's not the Otani stuff I should be going after should be going after the the rarer stuff and then like you said you're priced out you're you're not you're already priced out technically you were priced out of the high-end otani stuff probably uh, more than a month ago well i mean i honestly think that the smart the smart collectors had had otani like their their big otani shit was stuff that they they're just keeping like just in case well you're you're saying they had it years ago but don't forget along the way because they had to overpay in 2018 when he first debuted because in That's 2018, he yeah. was huge. He See, was, I was getting, I was that getting guy was so hyped. You're right. He was on, the, he was on all the product. He was, his picture was on all the product. Huge. Absolutely Late 2019, huge. when I was saying, okay, let's take a shot at this guy. Then 2020 goes on. You missed your shot. Then look, I sold some of his stuff embarrassingly low. A lot of people will have that same story. Um, but again, you're like, you're looking back and like, yeah, obviously like it's low, but at the same time, like, just look at the track record, right? You have like one year where he was just hyped, like incredibly, this guy played really well in Japan, you know, like the angels couldn't decide, are we going to just have him a hitter? Is he going to be just a pitcher? He kept getting injured. You could, you were, there's no, even, there was no sample size to see, like everyone knew what he could be if he right. was healthy, but there was yeah. no sample size to justify that he was going to be healthy for a prolonged period of time. 
And, and I think you also hit it on the head there. there were the, so there was the group that got in in 2018 that overpaid and was watching their numbers fall, fall, fall to the point where they couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. There's people who got in in a hopeful way in 2019. Those people, the smart ones helped on through the year of 2020. I, you know, I was kind of half and half, but I did a little bit too much of the letting go after the 2020 season. There was, you, there was that brief peak before the season when he started hitting some bombs in spring yeah, training. Spring training. And some people were like, I'm going to be real smart and I'm going to take advantage of this stupid little spring training news, these tidbits. And by the way, I bet they were feeling pretty good about it for the first few weeks of the I season. Did it, I did it with Vlad, dude. I, I did yes, it with Vlad. Like you took advantage of spring training hype and you also bet on him maybe not performing as well. And now so, he's hitting 340 or whatever, 334. Yeah. yeah. But it's and so like funny, these huge bucks. performances from Tatis and Guerrero are being overshadowed completely. I couldn't agree Otani, more. But, but after the All-Star game, and as we start heading deep into the second half, I one of the biggest stories will be Fernando if he keeps it up, because 40-40 is, is a potential thing right now. It's in play. So it is. It sure is. Ultimately, though, I mean, the biggest thing that's in play is health for everybody. Like... Yeah. Uh, whatever's happening, they, they just need to make sure that they stay healthy. Um, because we are, I mean, I know that every year we, we do lose a few baseball stars, but we're, we have seen a lot of, I mean, Trout, Acuna, like Lewis, Robert, like we want these guys to stay in the lineup. We need these guys to stay yeah, in baseball the lineup. Baseball needs those guys out there for sure. They sure do. I, and like four months with no Trout is, uh, I mean, it's been hard to be honest because that's, he's the staple of the market, right? So I mean, just imagine, you know, imagine hockey with Connor or uh, Connor and or Austin injured long term. Yeah. Be disaster. Yeah. Absolute disaster. I mean, the, the MLB is pretty much there right now without, I mean, they still have like obviously Otani, like Tatis and like to a certain extent Soto, but really not this season. But like if you remove Tatis and or Otani, who, by the way, both have injury concerns. And I really hope that they, neither of them get injured because I want to see these guys go all the damn way. Right. And I, I hate seeing players of any kind get injured. But, like, imagine those two guys go down. Yeah. I mean, what does baseball look like for <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like, honestly. Belly, yeah, they, Bell, they, Bellinger, Bellinger's fallen off and he's been injured that with Bellinger. They've experienced it with Aaron judge, man. It, it is a, it's a big, uh, Corey Seager. We're ahead of the curve here on a big conversation that has to, has to be going down about what, what's going on here. I don't know, man, maybe it's just like weird flowery memories. But when I was younger watching baseball, I just don't remember this amount of, of injury and, uh, and, and issues for, for some of these players. So I think it's a, a legitimate conversation. Uh, I think we were, you know, we were fairly lucky uh, with hockey as of late. Yeah. And um, yeah, man. So, do, so I guess, you know, we'll get a little bit into health and fitness here. Speaking of injuries, getting back into the let's, gym, let's talk about how to not injure yourself at a gym. Right. Because yeah, we are about to see, an explosion of non-athletic injuries going on. Like guaranteed. Especially because a lot of people are going from zero to That's like a hundred. And not only zero, I would say negative zero, like, like negative five. Like yes. zero is, is you just kind of walk, you know, and you really don't want, you're not very active. <laughs> it's negative five for sure. But like not moving for a year and a bit is kind of yeah. like negative five here, you know? And like some people are in that position and that's okay. But 
if you try to go too hard too quickly, I promise you, you're going to end up on the injured reserve, just like a lot of these stars. Life's injured reserve, I, which is I, the worst injured reserve because you ain't working, you ain't spending quality time with family. You're just doing more of the same sitting on your ass. You arguably um, feel worse than you, you did being stuck inside for COVID. And this is, of course, most applicable to the male ego, which will be a driving factor in the injuries that we will see coming up. Now, I'm, I'm making a prediction here, Brendan. I, how do you feel about this? People will not be flocking to the gyms on the 16th. Is it the 16th when it opens 16th. up? 16th, yeah. So in, I, I'm in... making a prediction. There are not going to be lines at gyms because people are not going to automatically overnight decide that they're not afraid of getting sick we're being in, in a situation where there are sometimes, you know, droplets of uh, spittle and uh, sweat. So I don't think people will be lining up around the corners. Would you agree with that? I'm going to go ahead and, and go the opposite direction here. Interesting. I think a lot of people have been telling themselves that, like, I can't wait to get back to the gym. I, oh. It's not going to be nearly as busy as it would become like January. A bunch of people 4th. curling in my squat rack. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I think, I think, I think so. So I don't think it's going to be as busy as it was. It would be January first because okay. people are like away on vacation and it's relatively nice outside. So you could bike, hike, swim, run, whatever the case may be. But I do still think that there will be lines. I do, I do think that uh, gyms will be busy and like, I mean, good for the gyms. Um, but I mean, like I was saying, I do think that there are going to be a lot of injuries as a result to it. I think a lot of people left the gym and then like, maybe they had a PR. And for those of you who don't know, PR means personal record. And let's say, you know, what's your PR for deadlift, Mr. Mr. Aton there. Oh, you, you want to fluff me? Do you, well, yeah, uh, let's do it. I, I had gotten up to, uh, probably in, um, late 2019, early 2020, uh, I ain't no champion or hero, but I was getting myself up to about four, thir- four thirty-five. I mean, that's big weight. Four forty. It's a big weight. So let's say you're at it. You, you know, you're just going into the gym and like you're not who you are right now. But I mean, even you might be more inclined to lift heavier your first session back because you're excited and you're. And I'm gonna I'm gonna slap a plate on there. Probably do three to four sets. I might slap a second plate on, and experiment with some low reps because I know better. I'm older now. 100%. I want to keep my back in, in, in splendid shape. I've gone, I've gone many decades without, you know, knock on wood without (laughs) any or back injuries. And I'm, I'm not intending to start now when things are are tougher in life. So um, you're right. So again, these are the ingredients. And and if you are right, and these places can be packed, that's even worse. In my opinion, there's a social effect. I agree. Um, Social facilitation states that if you're good at something, you're actually going to perform really well with a large crowd around you. But if you're bad, which most people are, unfortunately, I'm not trying to be, you know, insulting. It's just reality. It's, it's even worse when you're in a social environment like that. Uh, so, so the idea is you got to have a game plan and you've got to put your ego in check and prepare to slowly dip your toe in before we're diving in obviously makes sense. So let's talk uh, uh, like, okay, so let's say a program like, and I'm not going to say like give someone experimental program, but let's say we were going to classify them as like, 
and maybe an endurance program, a hypertrophy program, or a strength program, which one would we recommend to someone going into a gym out of like, out of nothing here? So like, and, and remember what, what, what we refer to as a hypertrophy program, it's not guaranteed to put slabs. No, 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 no. It's just not a of, format of training. Right? I, I, we're just talking about like rep range essentially, yeah. right? So it's going to be a combination of endurance and hypertrophy. Yes. So you come, so if that, you know, like to summarize, you're basically, you've got the, the muscle building, quote unquote, programming in mind with an eye for the fact that you're going to have to build up endurance to just kind of conform to any program, really. Like people don't realize, like, I mean, if you are operating at a high percentage um, energy expenditure it's yes. that's stamina right like yep. my heart beats the fastest doing low repetition deadlift work yeah not doing you know not running around and doing burpees so nothing gets my heart pounding stronger than that so you do have to build that up so it's generally going to be in the higher repetition range working at a much smaller percentage of what you're used to but still treating it like i'm still going to be going in there treating it like it it's going to be full body there's there's yes. no point in me isolating muscles at this point i need to get my whole body used to what's going yes. on and by the way when you use your whole body there's a synergistic thing happening there which is going to benefit you more than the person who comes in there's like i can't wait to do bicep curl or abs you know like it's summertime i'm gonna do abs yes yeah and you know again whatever makes someone you know if they're if they if it makes them feel good and they're and, doing and it, it gets and it gets them moving but i mean ultimately yeah. our biggest concern is that's... making sure that i mean if you get injured then you're going to feel even worse. So, right. you know what I mean? So like, I understand right. that you want to feel good now, but we, I, we just want to make sure that we, you can continue to feel good. And that requires going in. I would honestly recommend warming up and like, whether that be warming up with your weight. So like starting, like you said, starting lower and then working your way up gradually to whatever your desired weight may be. Um, maybe jumping on a damn treadmill just to get going. Like just, it depends on what you've been doing for the day yeah. or. Yeah. Everything's got to get started with a good warm up and mobility routine. Yes. This, this is the big thing, you know, and I was thinking about this when you were talking about trainers using certain modalities, certain modalities demand a lot of mobilizing and, and warming up. I'm talking like 15, 20 minutes. Dude, sometimes. if you're doing, if you're doing like a, like an overhead squat, you should be warming up for like 20 minutes. Like, yeah. And again, uh, overhead squat, very advanced movement. You know, that's, that's what I mean. That's something that someone, you know, worked their way towards. And th those people are definitely going to mobilize. Well, I mean, yeah, except I've see seen gym, people just like, Hey, let me see if I could do oh, yeah. it. And you know, you know what? And a lot of times, Brendan, that's because of their casual trainers and their BS. I agree. Right? But, but you know, those guys, <laughs> yeah, those guys doing the weird stuff in the gym that you guys see uh, with the bands or working on on a mat, doing all sorts of weird calisthenic uh, yoga type stuff. That and that's me. They're doing that for a reason, and they're preparing for what's to come. Now, part and parcel with that is the concept that, and again, you and I don't do a lot of, if any, soliciting. Okay. Um, you, you have a page for your fitness that, yeah. that was first and foremost for you. I'm dragging my heels on that. And, uh, and I don't solicit on my card page or anything like that, but now would be the time. If you, if you want to look into the services and you can afford yeah. it of, of a personal trainer or a professional, 
wouldn't now potentially be the time, even if you're someone with quote unquote experience, um, you maybe do really need that extra hand uh, in the kitchen. Or a new set of eyes, you know, like. And, and, and just someone reminding you and coming up with a good game plan in terms of reintegrating working out in, in your life. And, and that's, that's for if you're brand new or, or even if you're more experienced and you're like, look, I, I sit here and I'm just like, this is going to be something unlike anything I've ha- ever had to deal with in my lifting career, which has now been 20 years. Okay. I've never had to experience a gap like this, Yeah, not having access to my traditional tools. At this point in the lockdown, um, I've been working out almost every day. And I try to get myself to that level of exertion. And it's hard to do without four to 500 pounds on the bar. It's hard for me to do. I'm having to do it with body weight, my dumbbells that I have here, but I'm doing it every day in anticipation of, you know, building up to that point. But I sit there and I'm like, my God, like I'm going to be more, I'm going to be more at risk for injury or overexertion than I've ever been in my life when I find that gym. Yeah. And I'm going to feel, and that, and the day that I put 95, cause that's what I'm going to do on the bar to squat. And it gets tough by rep 10. Cause by the way, I'm actually squatting. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually getting my ass down. That's what scares me is that putting that bar back, realizing how low it's gone, how far off from where I was. I mean, I a lot of it is a nervous system thing too. Right. And, and it's going to take a while to come back. Yeah. And you have to accept that. It's going to be really rough. You're going to, you're going to feel betrayed by your body, you know? And, 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 and again, this is like an open forum here where I can get some psychiatry in with what we're just talking about, but you get angry because I worked really hard to get where I was at and it's been taken from me by no fault of my own. I didn't, you know, I did not have a choice in this. Yeah. Um, and I'm very jealous of these people on IG who've been posting all their gym adventures since day one. They never had a lockdown in some parts of the States. So I got to put it, that's a lot to tell someone, by the way, if someone feels like I do right now and I'm training them, that's a lot to tell them, put aside the anger, put aside your ego and the, the expectations and just let this happen. Be responsible about it. Take it as it comes and just be responsible, do it, just get in there and do it. Because that, that's another way to pe- that people will leave, by the way. Yeah. Which is like, you know, people that start in January that leave by March, that's, that's happening because they, they're not doing the things they enjoy. Um, they're not getting it, quote unquote. They're not losing weight or they're not building muscle, so they leave. And, and yeah. we've done this statistical analysis of that. They're gone by March. So this will be a situation for experienced people where for the first time might, in their life, they might get put off. But you gotta you gotta work through it because the fruits are so much better. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean. The fruit the fruits in this case might be uh, Mr. Aton's Popeyes. <laughs> the fruits. Yeah. You get you you'd be able to eat more fruit if you do it. <laughs> now that being said, Brendan, I'm not eating very much Popeyes these no, days. No, I know. I'm just kidding. It's because it's you were trying to think of like. No, so it's because when I called, when I called you, I called you like two days ago, you know, and you're like, oh man, okay, I got to go to Popeye's. I started laughing so hard. Supplements. Was like, oh, was it? No. Yeah, I, man. Oh, yeah. man. Look at this, this guy. So My hands you know, in the gutter. I got off the phone with you, I was like, that was so weird. I was literally standing outside of Popeye's on Young Street, the, the supplement store. Yeah, yeah. And I told you they're having a buy one, get one 50% <laughs> off. So you thought that I was applying that 
to like a value meal? <laughs> I sure did. But just so that we're clear and that our, our, our listeners don't get it twisted. First of all, if I'm going to eat a chicken sandwich or have chicken, traditionally it's going to be KFC. It's not going to be Popeye's. There you go. There you go. All right. So, so I, I, it's strange that you were confused, but no, That's I was funny, man. I don't know. I think it's because there's one so like close to that area. You know what I mean? There's so, one on Young Street. Yeah. So, so I must have just, I don't know. I don't know. That's, That's funny. funny. I love it. Whether well, now you know that there's a buy one, get 50% off supplement sale, Brendan. So nice. Get on it, pal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I already picked some up last week, man. We're good. Right, We're good. <laughs> All right, team. I hope you guys had fun today. We uh, This was a good one. We shot the shit for a little bit. You guys got to learn a little bit more about Let's talk a little about soccer and MMA, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was, a, nice, uh, it was, a, it was a nice little change. You know, we talked about a bunch of things that – traditionally we don't really talk about including going in depth about the fitness which i think that we've really not necessarily been slacking on but it, there's only so many times we can give you the same three you know oh this is the, what you can do before the gym or before sure. the gym's open i mean now that things are opening up there's a lot more creativity and uh you know hopefully that involves you all feeling better day in and day out that's right i hope you guys had fun have a wonderful day week month and uh coach go out <laughs>